I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hawkeye fans, get ready. It's time for the Hawkeye Nation radio show, powered by the Polk County iClub on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and now 106.3 FM, KXNO. And happy Thursday night. Welcome to the HawkeyeNation.com radio show here on 106.3 KXNO. My name is Andrew Downs, taking you along here through this next hour of Hawkeye Talk. And I am not alone. I'm joined by Joe Schmelka. Joe, what's up, man? Well, I'm sitting down here at a place down at Lake of the Ozarks, and uh, it is absolutely beautiful. Had a nice little 40-degree uh, temperature change. I played golf yesterday, and I think it was 96. And I got up this morning with a cup of coffee and walked out on the deck, and it was 56. <laughs> <laughs> only only in Iowa, I guess in Missouri, too. I guess yes. it was in Missouri as well. But, man, oh, man, what a change. But fall no, hit quickly. Yeah, fall hit quickly. Yeah. It, 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 but, hey, it looks, it looks like we'll have better weather this Saturday night in New Jersey than we had in, in Iowa City uh, this past Saturday night. And we'll certainly talk about that and recap that game, look ahead to Rutgers, do all of that. Joe Schmelke is the president of the Polk County iClub. They help bring the HawkeyeNation.com radio show to you each and every week. It's a great way to get involved with the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, at every level. And uh, they have fun game watches, a lot of cool stuff. So uh, so reach out to Joe in the Polk County iClub. Uh, we're also obviously brought to you by HawkeyeNation.com, the number one place anywhere to get your Hawkeye content. Between Rick Brown and John Bonacamp, Rob Howe, myself, and Joe, uh, we have a lot of content up there, stuff every day, uh, weekly interviews with players and coaches, our podcast, all of that fun stuff. It's all available at HawkeyeNation.com. If you're not able to listen to this entire show here on the radio tonight, you can can catch this each and every week at HawkeyeNation.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hawkeye Nation is what you search. And Joe, I know you were at the game Saturday night inside Kinnick Stadium. I wasn't able to make it over there. I'm uh, I'm not jealous that I wasn't there. I'll put it that way. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was crazy. We uh, Lisa and I have seats up in the Kinnick Edge area, so. And we actually are under a little bit of an overhang, so we never did get rained on. But uh, yeah, it, it was uh, it was a bizarre it was a bizarre night for sure. You could tell the rain was coming, and then it and then it hit, and then all of a sudden they you know went to clear the stadium. So there was lightning around. And we're like lightning. I didn't see any lightning. And then just I mean literally just barely said that, and boom, there was a big burst right over Kinnick and uh, right over the. Uh, a water tower over there. You can never see the pictures and things like that. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a, <clears throat> it was a little bit of an odd, crazy situation. Kind of like, kind of like our entire football season so far, right? Just <laughs> kind of odd, crazy, bizarre. It's like, what, what, what's going to happen next? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, sitting here watching it on TV and trying to follow along on Twitter and, and things like that, uh, it just it kept feeling like. And I even heard uh, Gary Dolphin and, and Ed Podolak on the radio broadcast talk about this during one of the many rain delays. Like it felt like they should just probably end this game at this point. Uh, I know Iowa was only up 17-0 through most of that delay, but, man, it, it felt like uh, there, there was no chance.
chance that Nevada was going to, to do anything against this Iowa defense. And so I, I was kind of waiting for that announcement to come that the game had been canceled or the game had been you know forfeited or however they worded that. Uh, but it, but it just never came and they they got it in. And I guess now after the fact, I'm glad they got that all in because you have that full game to uh, to look back on. But uh, I was a little surprised that Nevada didn't. Um, Again, I don't think forfeit is the right word, but they didn't just call it a game at some point during all that chaos. Yeah, you don't know what the you know everybody's asking what the rules were. What are the rules? How do they do this? What do they figure out? What do they? When do they stop it? When do they call the game? When is it a forfeit? When is it? And I, I still, as we sit here right now, um, don't know any more about it. I don't know if they just talk about that and make it up as they go, or or if there is an actual criteria. You know, for for calling or forfeiting or or what you do. So interesting. And and now kind of a short week, you know, because you, you play late into the, I guess, early into the morning on Sunday, and now you got to travel over to uh, to New Jersey and then make that road trip to Rutgers. And again, we will uh, we'll be previewing that game coming up throughout the show. But Joe, I do, do want to look back on that Nevada game a little bit. Of course, a twenty-seven to nothing win. Uh, great to see the defense pitch a shutout, especially with all the kind of weird stuff going on there. You could you could totally see a scenario in which. The the defense doesn't come out ready to go on one of those many rain delays or, you know, when the second stringers come in that Nevada is able to, you know, push a ball into the end zone or get it back into field goal range. They didn't miss one field goal, but uh, great to see the defense pitch a shutout even against a, you know, kind of a lowly Nevada team. Yeah. I mean, our defense is obviously very, very good. Um, frankly, with the exception of one drive against Iowa state, you know, they have uh, a couple penalties there, different things. But they've really looked just absolutely outstanding. Uh, Cooper DeGene is, you know, that guy's just all-world. He's going to be uh, he's gonna be another All-American uh, defensive back for us before his time at Iowa's over. Obviously, you got Campbell. He's playing at an incredibly elite level. He's just everywhere on the field. And then, uh, you know, Van Ness and some of those guys on the defensive line are phenomenal. And then you throw in a punter that just has this knack of uh, pinning people deep and, you know, he's got incredible hang time and, you know, kicking the ball 48, 49, 50 yards and just virtually no return. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's good. That's going to, like we've talked first three weeks, that's going to keep us in every game. The defense is going to keep the game, I think, close. You know, we'll struggle against Ohio State probably, but um, they're going to keep it. They're going to keep it close. we got the turnover margin. That was kind of a big thing to uh, uh, get that back, I guess, this week and, uh, you know, kind of win the battle of turnovers. I think if you look back at last year, we won a lot of close games and, uh, you know, we had had just tremendous turnover margin last year. So um, we need that because our offense is uh, not gonna, not going to scare anybody, right? No, <laughs> even it, Nevada, even Nevada, they didn't scare. It, it certainly isn't, and uh, but but you're exactly right. I think uh, for those of us who are staying optimistic, and I'm certainly in that camp. Um, you know, not that Iowa is going to be some all world team or, or figure things out and, and you know compete for a uh, you know with Ohio State for a Big Ten championship or anything like that. But you look at the the, the Big Ten West as a whole, and it's just it's pretty down this year. There are a lot of winnable games, and the thing that's keeping your optimism up is that defense and, and exactly what you said keeping us in every game keeping these games close um, not turning the ball over you see leaning on the special teams but especially that defense uh, just one touchdown given up all season long I think 13 total points all season long you, you mentioned that long drive that Iowa State put together to score that one touchdown and, and win that game and then you bring up Cooper DeGene and it's so cool to see him 
A thrive because he's a, a an Iowa kid that that a lot of us saw in high school as this all world athlete, right? And a great basketball player and good at track and great at football and all, all of this stuff. And then to see him be able to translate that so quickly to, to to what he has done through I mean, two interceptions in the last two games. He's all over the place making big hits, a sure tackler. And it just feels like the ceiling uh, is just so high for him. I, I really think and you know you don't want to push guys like like Riley Moss and, and others you know Jack Campbell out of the program too quickly but it feels like Cooper DeGene is that next kind of big stud star that that rising star on Iowa's defense yeah I think so absolutely um he's just uh he's just all over the field he plays two or three positions um he's a ball hawk he's gonna he's gonna create interceptions he's gonna tip balls he's gonna you know he's phenomenal so he, Terry Roberts, just a bunch of studs on that defense. And, yeah, that, that all looked great. Uh, before we get to the offense, I also want to talk about uh, the, the special teams. You mentioned Torrey Taylor. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about him this week. And, and Adam Corsack, who's runners, Rutgers punter, who is uh, somehow, believe it or not, maybe even better than Torrey Taylor, another Australian uh, punter. And we'll, we'll get to all that when we preview Rutgers here on the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. But uh, Drew Stevens looked good as the place kicker. He, he replaced uh, Blom, who, you know, no fault of his zone had a rough couple of first games partially because uh, the rain and the wind and everything in that Iowa State game that that was a really tough position to put him into uh, to, to tie that game late where it, Iowa didn't even feel like they deserved to be in that position but but got themselves there he missed that kick he had missed a kick uh, in, in week one against South Dakota State had only had the opportunity to kick one extra point because Iowa's offense uh, only scored one touchdown up until uh, this last Saturday against Nevada but Drew Stevens comes in and, and he looks good and so so hopefully solidifying that kicking game because that, that's a really important thing, as we've said multiple times uh, already today, but in, in weeks before, and we'll, we'll continue to say it, these Iowa games where the defense is so important, the special teams comes up clutch time and time again. You look at how many games Iowa has won over the last several years based solely on their field goal kickers. Solidifying that kicking game is a really important step for this program, and, and hopefully Drew Stevens is the guy to do that. Yeah, his. Uh, I'll, I'll use an analogy of uh, golf. And uh, when I hit when I hit my driver, uh, it kind of looks a little bit like Blom's. It just kind of floats there, and you know, gets out there and and everything. And then my son Jared, uh, my nineteen year old, he's a sophomore at Iowa. He steps up. He's a really good golfer, and he pops. I mean, the ball just cruises through the air. It's like a missile or something, right? And that just seemed to be the way that that Stevens was. I mean, it just he just. I don't know. It, it just went through quicker, more confident. Um, I don't know. There, there, there just seems to be a little bit of a difference between the two. And uh, let, let's hope that that carries through because with this offense, like I said, we're going to need every single point we can muster this year. And I think we're going to be kicking a lot of 40 and 45, 50-yard field goals. So yes. if we can get one of these guys to really be good, and he, he, he just, I don't know, he just seems to have a, a little um, air of confidence, maybe a little more than Blom does, but we'll see. It's, it's good to have two kickers instead of one, so that's always a good thing. He's Joe Schmoke. I'm Andrew Downs. This is the HawkeyeNation.com radio show here on 106.3 KXNO and HawkeyeNation.com. You mentioned the offense there, Joe. We we got to get there at some point. Luckily, the conversation <laughs> this week hasn't been as bad as it was last week, and that's because the offense looked better. Not great, but looked better in, in putting up those 27 points. You do wonder uh, if the second half hadn't been so interrupted by lightning delay 
days, if it hadn't been so late, if, if the team hadn't had to get up, you know, warm up several different times, would the offense have been able to put up more points than that? I think probably so. Uh, but he, even that said, the offense looked better. I think there, there are some some signs of improvement with uh, with some guys back, some different play calling. There's at least reason for hope here, Joe, that this offense uh, is going to be good enough to carry Iowa to a good season. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is is we finally threw the ball down the field, and um, and we had a couple of guys to throw the ball down the field too. Um, Brody Breck, he's going to catch onto that that back shoulder pass, whatever kind of throw it up. He's a big athlete, uh, you know, he's a big guy, and um, hopefully he'll uh, he'll start catching those. And then we threw the ball down the field a couple, three times, and Spencer struggled just a little bit, maybe just a little off. Maybe the receivers didn't adjust to the ball quite perfectly. Um, you know, it's night, lights, I don't know. But, uh, you know, he looked, he looked better. We looked a lot better, and I think, I think we really found a good running back, too. I think uh, number two. Uh, Johnson, he's going to be something else for us. Yes, he is. Caleb um, Johnson. All the long run. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's a player. He, he looked really, really good. Obviously, the, the two long touchdown runs that he had, and, and even within those runs, Joe, just the, the smoothness with, with which he runs. I mean, that first one, he breaks that tackle and just beats the safety to the pylon. I mean, just outran everybody on the field. And that second one, I mean, it was a really nice hole. It was a good play call. All of the other things were there. But when he turned that corner and hit that stride, it just – it. It looked like a different level, and you're right for a true freshman in week three to to kind of look like that and to have his size. That's a that's a really positive step for this offense. Yeah, he reminded me a little of a Tony Dorsett or something, but he's obviously a lot bigger. He just he just hits that cruise speed, and and he doesn't look like he's running that hard or whatever, and yet he's just he's he's just pulling away from people, and he's even when they have the angle on him. I mean, he just got down the sideline and. And uh, just really look good. And we need that. We need that so bad. We need the guy that when we do bust something open, you know, he can take it. He can take it 10, 20, 30, 40 yards or even all the way for a touchdown. Because once again, no, <laughs> just, it's, I, I just think it's going to be challenged for a while. I think it's going to be one of those years and we need every, you know, kind of playmaker that we can get a hold of. And, and we got to. They got to make plays when the opportunity is there. They got to. They got to take advantage of it. It's going to be really interesting to see what this running game looks like this weekend. Uh, the, you know, Saturday night at Rutgers because now you've got a fully healthy Gavin Williams back. You've got Caleb Johnson, who we just talked about doing everything that he did and really making a statement uh, and, and really putting himself in a position to get more carries and be a bigger part of the offense. And then you have Lashawn Williams back, who uh, unfortunately missed Saturday night's game uh, because of, of the funeral of his father. And you know, thoughts and prayers go out to him and, and that family, but uh, reportedly he is back with the, the team. He was the guy who got the start in the first two weeks because Gavin Williams was was injured. So it, it, I'm, I'm really interested to see kind of the, how the carries are divvied up among these three guys, Joe, because it now feels like for the first time all season, Iowa has a, a healthy stable of running backs, and while the offensive line hasn't been great in front of them, having a running game that can get going is really going to open things up for the passing game, open things up for this defense. And, and as you said, if you can hit that big strike, if you can get into the secondary and, and make a big play, uh, that could change things drastically. And so having all three of these guys here, I'm, I'm interested to see kind of uh, who gets the start and who gets the, the bulk of the carries and kind of what kind of carries they get, what, what roles they play in the offense. Uh, you know, who's the guy coming out of the backfield to, to catch a ball? Who's the guy, you know, running a, 
you know, an end around or something like that. It's just going to be kind of fun, I think, to see how Brian Ferentz utilizes now three fully healthy running backs. Yeah, and they're and they're all they're all unique, right? I mean, uh, Johnson is seems to be more of a he's a speed guy and can get outside and break it. And then LaShawn Williams, number four, he's going to be more of a power guy. He's going to be a pound, hit you hard, and there's going to be certain games where you want that kind of a running back to soften the defense up. And I think uh, Williams, uh, uh, the other one, uh, he's he's 25. He's really good coming out of the backfield, almost a Jordan Kanzeri yeah. kind of a running back, and, and catch the ball out of the out of the uh, out of the backfield and and do some things, maybe almost. A little bit of a combination of the two, and and you know you always need three running backs during the season. I mean, there, there's injuries that get banged up, their legs get tired, things like that. So we'll we'll need all three of them as we go through the season, and uh, you know it'll it, it'll be good. But but yeah, you're right. How how are we going to use them? Can we run the ball? You know, can our offensive line do what it needs to do? It's still uh, you know obviously a work in progress. Uh, they're shifting a lot of guys around yet. It looks like everybody's got a position except maybe for right guard. Uh, they played two or three guys at right guard. And, um, you know, we for us to be successful, we, we just have to be able to run the ball. And that's the whole season. You know, we, we've got to get to a point where we can run the ball some, and then that opens up the passing game a little bit. And um, we, we, can't, we can't just, you know, everybody's going to try and make us one-dimensional, right? They're going to try and make us, Throw the ball, just like we try to make a team one-dimensional. And you can't let it happen. The other team gets a huge advantage if you let them make you be one-dimensional. If we can't run the ball with some effectiveness, it's it's going to be a tough season. There's and, no doubt about it. And especially if you don't even have the threat or you know don't, don't, aren't even willing to show the threat of throwing the ball downfield. And that, as you mentioned earlier, that was one of the really nice things. I think one of the real positives to come out of this Nevada game was not that they connected on a bunch of deep balls, not that, that every ball was thrown perfectly. I think that Arlen Bruce touchdown was a great play by him. Obviously a little bit overthrown by Spencer Petras, yeah. but hey, good, good enough to get there. I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, and, and you there, there are some chemistry issues with with Petrus and the wide receivers, which I guess you expect after uh, the injury situation and not having those guys fully ready in fall camp. But hopefully they're working through some of those things with a Brody Brecht. Um, but it, it was so nice to just see the attempts to go downfield and, and then see how that opened things up for the rest of the offense. I think having Nico Regini back uh, is a really big thing for, for not just this offense, but for Spencer Petrus specifically. Uh, it feels like he's kind of a safety blanket for him. He just feels more comfortable with Nico Regani on the field, and and so hopefully, uh, hopefully that that's going to help a lot. Hopefully, Nico has a big game. I know he's got a lot of family coming to this game. He's from the New Jersey area, yeah. uh, so so this would be cool for him. It was really good to see Keegan Johnson out there, even though uh, it sounds like he is not going to be able to play, or, or is is at least a game time decision this Saturday night with kind of a nagging injury. You you worry about what's going on there. You just haven't seen him much, obviously since before the bowl game where where he didn't play. Uh, but but he. He'd be a big guy to get back at some point. Overall, though, was nice to see them just even attempt those long passes and then see how that opened things up and then see uh, Petrus gain a little confidence and see this offense go a little bit and score some points. And uh, you, you just hope that that's going to continue heading into this week and, and into Big Ten play because things get things get real very quickly here. Yeah, it was fun to see guys like you know Jack Johnson. Uh, his dad's a good friend of mine, and, and, and Jack get out there and and they threw the ball to him. You know, they called these plays and things like that. He stumbled a little bit. That was unfortunate. But 
you know, the first time you're out there and you're doing that and you're in front of 70,000 people and, and uh, you know, it, it, life is about experience and you learn from your experiences and, and we just need everybody to step up and, and do some things and just continue to improve and play a little better. Starts with the offensive line. In my opinion, I think they're better game three, certainly than they were in game one. And, uh, and then I think you, you just kind of keep moving forward from there. I mean, we got to be better. We got to be better Saturday night, uh, than we were, uh, this past week and we got to continue to improve. So it's a, it's a long season, but it, uh, a lot of the pieces are there now. I, I agree with you hundred percent. You know, I think Spencer needs that, that, that comfort level, and, and he's got a couple, three, now he's got three guys, in my opinion, he really feels comfortable throwing to. He's got Bruce, he's got Regani, and then um, uh, he's got the tight end. So, uh, um, you know, Laporta. Yeah. And he's got those guys. And I think he's also more comfortable throwing the ball to, uh, to uh, Williams, uh, Gavin Williams, 25, out of the backfield than he is the other guys. Would be so. nice to see Laporta get involved a little bit more. And I, I know, you know, a big part of it is just this offense hasn't been great, but uh, he just hasn't had the kind of season so far that we've expected uh, him to. Uh, the offense hasn't either. And so, yeah, it's, it's not on him or anything like that. But it would be nice to see them try to get him involved, you know, even just, just uh, force his involvement a little bit here early on in this Rutgers game because I think that's a huge weapon for this offense that just hasn't been utilized yet yeah well i'm sure the other team has something to do with that they know that <laughs> yes. uh, we're, we're way down on receivers they're gonna try and cover bruise pretty tight and they're gonna try and take our tight end away from us and and until somebody really starts stepping up on the other side now that's going to be regani and and now brody breck you know this next game they've got to step up they've got to make the catches they got to make the plays and they got to come down with the ball and you know, all of a sudden they they can't slide the defense to really focus just on one guy or two guys, and uh, that, that's that's part of the game, right? You got to get things to open up all the way across the field. And Brian's got to call the right plays, and you know, make the setup plays as well. And and we just got to do enough. I, I I heard a stat the other day. I think we're fifty nine and six. Uh, when we score 18 points or more. Wow. I don't know what time period that is for sure. I guess I don't think it would be Kirk's entire tenure, but uh, maybe it is. I don't know. But, yeah, we're, we, we have a tremendous record when we score 18 points or more. <laughs> think of that, right? Uh, that, that That's a heck of a record, right? We would all love to see that. So just got to get to 18, Andrew, and, and – uh, Things are good. That, that seems, that seems like a that. reasonable number to get to, too. That, that doesn't seem like you're asking too much. Well, there, there's no more no. time for, for tune-up games or anything like that. Big Ten play is here, uh, and these games actually count. And so uh, when we come back here on the HawkeyeNation.com radio show, we are going to dive into this Rutgers matchup uh, and look ahead a little bit at, at what we expect Saturday night, what we need to see Saturday night, because after that, Michigan comes to town. But you can't look past this Rutgers team. They, they sound very similar to this. Iowa team in a lot of different ways. This is the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. Check out HawkeyeNation.com for all of your Hawkeye Nation coverage. Uh, and, and if you have missed any of this podcast or this show so far, you can check it out as a podcast at HawkeyeNation.com. Joe Schmelka, Andrew Downs, we'll be right back talking Iowa Rutgers here on 106.3 KXNO. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we are back in black on the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. Andrew Downs, Joe Schmelka talking Iowa Rutgers and a whole lot more here on 106.3 KXNO. If you've missed any of our show, check it out at HawkeyeNation.com. That's where you'll find not just this show and not just my podcast, but a whole lot of coverage. The best coverage you're going to get about Hawkeyes sports, uh, all Hawkeye sports. Uh, there's been basketball news this week. Uh, obviously, the football season is going. We've got Rick Brown, John Bonacamp, Rob Howe, a whole group of people. People, uh, giving you the best coverage in, in anywhere for uh, for Hawkeye sports. Also, want to thank the Polk County Eye Club. Joe Schmelke is their president, and they uh, they they help bring us this show each and every week. And uh, a great place to to support your Hawkeyes, no matter where you are. The Polk County Eye Club. And uh, Joe, is there going to be a game watch out at uh, out at Front Row and Clive uh, Saturday night? There'll be there'll be a ton of people out there. Um, I'm down at the lake this weekend. Um, had to do some stuff down here, so I will not be there. At least I won't be there, but. Clay Cook and the gang, uh, they're still going to do a bunch of stuff. I mean, it's a great place to watch the game. They have an 86-inch uh, TV out on the patio now, so you can kick back out there and watch the game. I think they're going to have some food. He's usually got some prizes. You know, they, they have the game live on, uh, on, the, on, the, on the sound system there and everything, so I would highly encourage you to, to head on out to the front row watch the game there that, that's where i'd be if i was if i was in town so yeah, I, I, get on out there clay will take care of you i second that completely it's such a cool place to watch a game you're, you're surrounded by hawkeye fans yeah everything you could possibly want there at the front row and clive all right well joe here comes big 10 play man and uh it's it's a, a game that i think coming into the season and you know maybe looking at the schedule for the last couple of years you think all right hey on the road at Rutgers, that that's that's an easy w that's a good way to start big 10 play uh and kind of tune things up before Michigan comes to Koenig Stadium the following week, but not so fast. Rutgers looks a little bit better than we expected. Iowa looks maybe a little bit worse than we expected, but these are two teams that, that come in kind of with the same issues and the same strengths. They, they Rutgers is good on defense. Their defensive line is very good. Uh, that worries me as an Iowa fan with our offensive line questions. Uh, their, their special teams are fantastic, and their offense is struggling. They only scored one touchdown against Temple uh, over the weekend, their 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 statistics for the season um, look better than they are. They scored 66 points against a really really bad FCS team. So you throw that out, and all of a sudden this team looks a lot like Iowa, but maybe even with weaker competition. And so uh, these are two two teams that are that are going up against it, and you you have to feel confident as an Iowa fan that you've been in these games more often, that you've played this style more often, and you can't go to Rutgers and take a loss and then still feel good about the rest of the season, Joe. I, I know it's not a mathematical must win, but if you're going to stay optimistic, as I'm trying to do, if you look at the Big Ten West and you see wins, you have to see this as a win also. I, I think this is a must win. This is a big, big game for this program and for this team to kind of uh, exercise some of the demons from the first couple of weeks and give us some confidence moving forward into Big Ten play. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think this is one of those, this is one of those games that it really kind of determines your season. Okay, um, you got to win this game, and um, you know you can, you can 
you can step up and upset somebody and whatever. But this is the kind of this is the kind of game that determines: Are you going to have an eight win season, a seven win season, or are you going to have a nine or a ten win season? Possibly. You know, we've already lost Iowa State. That's one of those things. If I look at it, it has no impact on our conference or where we go for a bowl game or anything. But it's just kind of you know having that nine and ten win season. You lose a game in non conference, and that makes it really tough to win to win that have a ten game. 10-win season, if you will. And this is just a game that if we want to compete for the West, I, I, I think we got to have it. Um, you, you, you can't go – you can't – you really just – you can't lose this game and think you're going to compete for the West. Not with, not, with the, not with the schedule that we've got this year. You know, some years you've got an easier schedule, but we've got Michigan, we've got Ohio State, we've got Wisconsin. You know, we got we got, we got a lot of tough games coming up. And so this is a game you got to find a way to win. Um you're right. The teams mirror each other. They both got uh, good defensive lines. They're both. Let's say they're both really good against the rush. Yes. Okay, and they're both pretty darn good uh, uh, keeping the other team out of the end zone. Um, and then they both got really good punters. Okay, and then neither one's got a very good offense. Their quarterback, I think, their desired quarterbacks, both of them, I think, are hurt. So they're, as I understand, they might be yes. playing with a walk-on possibly. Um, at quarterback at times. So, um, you know, whichever team can find a way to run the ball best, not turn the ball over, is probably going to win this game. And uh, and that should be us. You know, if we go in there and make a bunch of mistakes like we did, you know, even against South Dakota State, remember we fumbled it like the three or four-yard line. Mm -hmm. And then uh, against Iowa State, we fumbled at the goal line. Or we have a good shot at winning that game. Those are things we can't do. We can't have, you know, penalties – and we can't turn the ball over. We need to we need to create some more turnovers. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to put it all on the defense, but but uh, we need we need to create some turnovers. We need to create some sacks. Uh, we need to get a quarterback making a bad decision. And uh, you know, defense for us to win, they've got to make some plays. They don't have to score. I'm not saying they got to have a pick six. But that'd be nice. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> you know, be nice. But but it just all helps turnovers help so much with field position and. And just turning the whole momentum of a game. So we really need that. And then we've, we've got to be able to run the ball a little bit. We've got to be able to pass the ball a little bit. And we've got to find a way to get into the end zone and yeah. get down there, kick a few field goals. I don't think you got to score a ton of points, but like I said, our, our record, you know, we score 18 points or more, you know, we win. And is that a lot of points? No. But Rutgers should not be able to do much against us. I mean, Barring a pick six or something crazy, I mean their offense did not score last week. Actually, it was their defense, I think, against Temple that scored a pick six, and then they had three field goals. And that's how they—I believe that's how they yeah, won that game. Right? So now you say that, yeah. We, we need we need to shut out their offense or really or really slow them down and hold them, in my opinion, probably under under you know around ten points or so, and then find a way to get a touchdown and two or three field goals and and uh, get out of there with the W. I agree and you know it's it's funny because we look at this as Hawkeye fans and uh, and look at this game and say okay this is a this is a big game but it's it's certainly a game Iowa should win. Well, if you're Rutgers, you're looking at this game as hey, this could make our season as well, right? Rutgers off to yep. a 3 and 0 start. Uh, they haven't won a Big 10 home game in their last 19 tries. It was 2017 the last time they won a home game in the Big 10 conference. So they're looking to end that streak. Uh, I believe they're close to a sellout 
if they haven't already gotten there. They haven't had a home game uh, and a home night game in the Big Ten since 2017, at least not with fans there. And so they're looking at this as, hey, we can get our fourth win uh, right away. Uh, you know, most people expected them to have four wins all season, and uh, and they see an Iowa team that, that comes in and, and is vulnerable. So the, the atmosphere is going to be interesting, I think, although uh, I, I feel pretty good about Iowa on the road. I saw Chad Lysico of the Des Moines Register put together some stats that Spencer Petras uh, has been a much better quarterback on the road than he has at home or on neutral site games, in neutral site games, and so maybe getting out of uh, the routine, maybe getting away from home is actually something that can help this team. Honestly, maybe less booing from, from the fans is something that could maybe help Spencer yeah. Petras a little bit as they, as they head to New Jersey Saturday night. Yeah, I think he. Uh, I think it's all mental with Spencer. He's he's got the arm, he's got the body, he's got the size. He just uh, he just some of the decisions he makes, and, and he gets in a hurry, and it's just like he's just nervous. He's been nervous since day one. It seems like, and let's hope on the road he's a little less nervous. Um, it's a weird stadium there, you know. Uh, I think a lot of the Iowa fans have been in uh, Carver Hawkeye Arena, and that you walk to the stadium and you go down. It's like a big pit. And uh, that's the way this stadium is too. It's like you go down into the into the ground, and uh, we were out there. I can't remember when we played out there last. I'd, I'd like to say it was five years ago, but it was probably seven or eight years ago. And uh, it's a very different stadium, and very I don't know, it's just kind of an interesting place. Um, we won that game, a very very ugly game. I think we won that like ten to seven or something crazy. But uh, but we had a great time out there, and. Uh, so yeah, so it's it's a bizarre stadium. Uh, you're right. He's he's back there. Shannon's back there. He's trying to turn their program around, and uh, I I think he sees a real opportunity here. A night game on TV. Um, they want to make a good showing, and they'd love to upset us. And uh, you know to help that that would help them immensely with their program as they go forward. Right. Absolutely, yeah. So, so don't want to look past this Rutgers game by any means. Although you and I can, we're not on the team. Uh, is there anything that can happen this weekend that will make you feel really confident heading into that Michigan game? I mean, I think that you have some confidence already, especially assuming the defense and the special teams uh, look as good as we expect them to look. You feel good about Kinnick Stadium in general. You feel good about our our history with Michigan and and Kirk Ferentz against Jim Harbaugh. But this is a very good Michigan team coming in, and you feel like if 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 Iowa lays an egg here or you know, just squeaks past Rutgers, if the offense doesn't look improved at all, maybe even regresses a little bit to where it was the first couple of weeks, you're not going to feel real great about that, that Michigan game. So uh, on the other side of that, is there anything that could happen this weekend, Joe, that will make you, you and I next week when we're doing this show, that we're, you're like, yes, we're, we're going to upset Michigan, here we go, I feel great about this team and, and the rest of the season. Or, or has that ship kind of sailed? No, I, I think you know our offensive line is is very has been very unsettled for the first three games, and and if you listen to Kirk and if you watch the game last week, um, you know really all but the right guard position were pretty settled, okay, and and now they, and they really rotated three guys through there it seemed like, and I think once the once the offensive line gets settled, then you're going to start to see more and more improvement, and if there was one thing that I would love to see this week. I would love to see us get 150 yards rushing. And if we can run the ball against Rutgers, so they got a good defensive line, a very good defensive line. And uh, they don't give up a lot of yards rushing. Granted, the competition, one, didn't run very much, and two, they weren't very good. But um, 
But if we could run the ball well, I would feel I feel a lot better. Okay, let's put it that way. I feel a lot better. I mean, Petrus is Petrus. I don't think he's going to suddenly start throwing a sixty-five percent completion rate, and you know everything's going to be great. Um, and suddenly run a sub ten uh, hundred yard dash or something. You know, he's just not going to get that much better. Our receivers are who they are. Um, I think as the season goes, we'll get uh, Keegan Johnson back. That'll help us more and more. I hope everybody else stays healthy. But I think I think the whole key to this season is the running game. We've got to get we got to get the offensive line to open up some holes, and we got to run the ball better. If we can do that, every game's in play, in my opinion. I I, I agree, Joe. All right, prediction time, man. What do you think happens in New Jersey Saturday night? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 17-3. I think. Uh, I think we get a couple of turnovers. I, I think we're the better team. They're really. They got a great defensive line, but their linebackers aren't very good. We should be. Laporta should have a nice night. He and Lachey should have a good night with their uh, with their linebackers not being that good. Um, and uh, you know, our defense is is really good. I mean, the, our linebackers, defensive line. Defensive backs, everybody's good on our on our side of the ball. So I don't think Rutgers has played level of competition. Um, I think I think we're going to be fine. I think uh, you know, barring some weird turnovers, which good lord, we've had them already this year in the first three games. Uh, I, I, I think we win, and, and we and we win. We win by you know ten, ten, fifteen points. Yeah, I'm, that range. I'm right there with you. I, I got seventeen to six. I, I think we keep Rutgers out of the end zone. I think uh, even potentially you know a defensive or special teams uh, touchdown for for Iowa, and uh, and we get out of there. Yeah, feeling feeling better about things. I hope that we see uh, some more advancement in the offense. Um, and you know, I, but but even with that, I don't expect this to be a, a real high scoring game. All right, Joe, man, this is fun as always. If you missed any of this show, check out HawkeyeNation.com or just search Hawkeye Nation wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, get out to the front row in Clive Saturday night for the game. That's a great place to watch every game. And uh, Joe and I will be back with you next Thursday, hopefully talking about a 1-0 Big Ten start to the season. Thank you, Joe. Take care, buddy. Be safe. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, go Hawks.